0: Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crip review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is Season 7, Episode 7, The Kidnapper. I have with me back for the third time, it's been a while, my mom. Hi, Mom. Hi. How are you? Good. Yay. So this is probably, what, the third episode you've ever seen? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Tales from the Crip. So um, we just got done watching the episode. Yeah, so we'll get into it. It's actually kind of a quick episode. I didn't realize it until I'd watched it again with you. It really went by fast. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired June 7th, 1996. It was directed by James Spencer, who is mostly a production designer. Uh, The only other director credit he has is a short called Glow. The screenplay was by John Harrison and Scott Nimmerfro. It stars Steve Coogan from the Alan Partridge TV and movies. That was a popular thing there, I think, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Julie Sawaha, who I know mostly from TV's Absolutely Fabulous. She plays Saffron or Safi. And I also watched her uh, as Dorcas Lane in Lark Rise to Candleford, which was another, <laughs> another old timey British show that I watched. Uh, Tim Stern from Santa Claus the Movie and TV's Agatha Raisin, and Serena Gordon from movies like Goldeneye and TV's The Bill. So I'm going to go ahead here and read the description on the back of the box for the kidnapper. For crying out loud, an angry hubby arranges the kidnapping of the lout who disrupts his m- romantic life, his wife's infant. That is a lie. They were not married. Uh-huh. No. Nope. Okay, so yeah, they're lying about that one. They are not married. They are not anything besides friends, really. All in all, did you like this episode, Mom? I mean, I mean, it's not really tales from the creepy, I guess. Well, it was different. I mean, I told you it was definitely it was quick. It was more realistic, Mm -hmm. which is why I kind of had you on it anyway, because you don't like super fantastical. No, I do not. So, so it's definitely more of a realistic one. Well, I think I
1: wasn't expecting it to keep going yet a little bit longer. Yeah. (laughs) So it ended. (laughs) The plot's very quick and to the point.
0: But yeah, so this opens up on the Keeper, and he is playing tennis, and they really. They really have his cheekbones and everything great in this one. Really doing a lot of close-ups. There's a bone popping out of his side of his face. How um, do I ever told you this? Do you know where his eyeballs are from? Nope. They are from the Chucky doll. Ah! So when the Chucky doll got retired or whatever from the original movies. They I see it. popped his eyes out, yeah. So that's what he has. Uh, so yeah, he's just doing the puns and playing tennis for some reason, even though it has nothing to do with the episode. And then he brings in Season 7, Episode 7, The Kidnapper. We are in London. And Steve Coogan is there, and he's just kind of talking throughout the plot, like in the background. So he's sitting there on the park bench, and he's got a little bandage on his nose. And he's watching this lady who has this baby in a pram sitting across from him. He immediately comes over, and he's like, oh, hey, nice baby. My my girlfriend recently had a baby. And she's like, great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then... All of a sudden, he just picks the baby up. Yeah, just picking up a stranger's baby. He just literally reaches into the pram, and she's immediately like, whoa, whoa, I feel like I would have fought a little. I would have been like, yeah. grabbed it out of his hand. But you don't know if he has like a knife or something on him. Yeah, he's swinging this baby around in the air, and the mom's like, could I have my baby? And then he's just like, oh, yeah, here, back to mom and stuff. And then he starts, it kind of cuts back to the Christmas before. I think this is supposed to be like March or April, maybe. Um, so now it cuts back to the Christmas before, and he's talking about his girlfriend. So he's working at a pawn shop, and, um, Julie Sawaha is playing Teresa. And she comes in, and she's, I think she looks adorable in this. She's got a little hat on, and she's very pregnant, and she's homeless.
1: My girlfriend and I, we're no different than any other couple. When I first met her, she was pregnant and homeless. It was Christmas time and nobody would come in for days except to use the toilet.
0: And she comes in and she's looking to pawn a bracelet um, that was her grandmother's. So he's looking at it. She's having what we thought was contractions then. Yeah, she's having some bad pains. Some type of pains in her stomach that we thought she was having the baby. And she keeps grabbing her stomach and being like, I'm okay. It's Uh fine. (laughs) It's like, ma'am, you are not. So she's just like, it's fine. Just let me know what the bracelet's for. I need it, whatever. And he's like, well, hang on. I got to take a look or whatever, you know. And so while he's looking at what this bracelet's going to be, how much uh, he can give her, she passes out, I guess, from the pain is what it was basically. Again, without labor. <laughs> yeah, because at first I was like, why <laughs> wouldn't you just immediately call an ambulance anyway? But yeah, so this is like a, I think like a week before Christmas or something. So she passes out. So he moves her over to this bed and lays her there and, and she comes to and she's like, okay, you know, I'm fine. Don't call an ambulance. Just how much can I give you? And of course, like every pawn shop, they have to undersell. So he says he could give he that it's worth like 350 pounds, but he's only going to give her 75 because that's all he's got. Yeah, and she's just really like I don't know. It's still it's still after after she goes through these contractions. It's still like months before she has the baby. Right. Yeah. It seems like so, it's like another
1: two months or something. So I'm not even sure because I thought he said they were months together in that house. when they yeah. Show the the dinner that they're having.
0: Yeah. So I want to say she's at least a month or two out from giving birth, but yeah, she's acting like she can barely stand. And he's just like, well, how about, since you have no home and it's cold, you can come live with me. Um, I think he might live above the shop. I don't know. Well, I first of all, he lived right there where he took her in that room um, back yeah. there.
1: But then he had a house. I just assumed it was somewhere else. But he also said turn on the, the music with the, the lights, lights, The yeah. lights. they play music and they said, no one should be alone at Christmas. Or yeah, at first something. he's
0: like, come stay with me. And she's like, I don't know you. And he's like, but we're both lonely and you're pregnant. And then he like turns on these cute little whimsical lights and Christmas music. And he's like, "And it's Christmas and no one should be alone at Christmas. It's Christmas.
1: No one should be alone at Christmas.
0: She lays it out flat to him. She's like, cool, I can keep the bracelet. I'll stay with you until, you know, the baby's born. Thank you. But she also makes it very clear, I am not interested in you. I'm going to be really honest with you. This baby's father hurt me really badly and I'm not looking for anyone to replace him. What I need is a friend. Right,
1: I right. understand, friends.
0: He's like, uh-huh, friend. And you're hoping yeah. at the time, like, that's what he's going to do. But it, it gets a lot creepier than that. And then he told her that way he she wouldn't have to sell the bracelet, yeah. and the heirloom, because he wanted
1: to keep it as an heirloom
0: that she could stay with him. Yeah, it was important to her, and, and she wasn't going to get that much for it like she could. And so basically, she's like, I am not going to have sex with you. And he's just like, right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so then it cuts to a little time later, and he's kind of narrating everything in the background. Just like, you know, oh, I was so happy with Teresa. She's awesome he made her some dinner and they kind of got dressed up and they're in like kind of this rinky uh, it's pretty like small apartment and then at one point when they're having dinner I think he pours wine for her yeah he pours she, wine because we like oh, yeah I'm like oh wine for the baby as well okay so she drinks some like white wine I mean maybe it's sparkling but they didn't make a point of saying it was non-alcoholic so she's just drinking some of that which do they say they don't say ever I could have sworn it was like you could maybe have a class from time to time like in late trimesters okay but I wouldn't you know. <laughs> So they're like, you know, she's like, this is so lovely. And he's immediately like, you know, I'm I'm so glad you're here. And then he makes the mistake of grabbing her hand and kissing it and telling her that he loves her. And she's just like, "Okay," and then gets up to take the dishes. And then he takes that silence as meaning that she's in love with him, too. It's like, no, she still doesn't want she just wants to be your friend. She is pregnant. You offered for her to stay here. And this is where like the first time I watched this, the guy he, he really started to irritate me with like some of this because it was just like she literally, I mean, besides like holding his arm a little bit and maybe kissing him on the cheek, she, she's really shown no other inkling of being interested. So he's like, this is going to be great. We are in love. The baby will be here. It will be great. Now, also, when I first read the back of this box, the way it made it sound, I thought it was going to be like the infant was actually evil. I thought it was going to be like, no one would believe him, but the baby was actually mean, but it's not the case. He's just a man child who can't take this baby getting more. And it's not even, I mean, I know it's not his baby, but it's also not his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So now it cuts to sometime later, the baby has been born. The baby is colicky or whatever. That's what I think. Yeah.
1: Because it, it, it cried all the time.
0: And it has a really aggressive birthmark on its back mm-hmm. leading down to its butt. So it doesn't really it's look like it's actually on the butt. Yeah. The butt Maybe a little a little higher. But it's yeah. like and but you gotta take the diaper off to see it. I don't know. Is it kinda like it's got a name, those kind of birthmarks. But um it's just like red and you know, dark red and it's pretty apparent. So the baby has a tell. You know, they can you can pick it out of a lineup if you had to. And so he's all complaining. She's trying to change his baby. You know, and they kind of make it like they got the stuff hanging in the kitchen, like the baby outfits and like- Yeah, like he's doing laundry. Yeah, this baby's taking up so much space. And he's all bummed because he wants to go see a movie and she can't come with him because the baby is crying and that you've never been able to do anything with me because of the baby.
1: I thought we said we were going to the cinema tonight.
0: I can't, not with his tummy hurting. <laughs> Why not you go by yourself? Because I went by my bloody self last time. I'm gonna go
1: with you like we used to.
0: Grow
1: up, Daniel. Maybe he wouldn't be crying all the time if he didn't have that bloody great stupid birthmark on his ass. Fuck
0: you! But I guess afterwards like, he just decided to let her stay because I thought it was only supposed to be till the baby was born. But I guess if he assumes they're a couple. Yeah, because his plan was to, he thought it
1: was going to be him and her and the baby. Yeah, I guess he didn't realize how much time. He thought the baby wouldn't take no extra time. They could still do
0: everything they wanted to do. Because even earlier in that park scene, he's kind of like, you never realize how much money and time babies will take, you know, kind of thing. And he
1: didn't like it because he was highly
0: jealous. He he thinks he didn't get no time. So he's like, I have to fix this. So like sometime later, I guess like February, March or something, they're back at the, The same park. They're walking around, and they're just walking, and she's got her arm in his arm, and they're pushing the the stroller or whatever with the baby in it. And then from out of nowhere, what comes out? Mimes. Mimes. Why? Why not? And that's where you could kind of get an inkling that something might be weird. Like, you picked up on it quicker. Yeah, you you picked up on what this is probably going to be quicker than I did when I watched it. Because I was just like, oh, that's odd. Mimes. Why would they? I mean, they can be out, but they're usually addressing a bigger crowd not like just messing with you and so it's a man and a woman mime and they come around and they're like imitating them walking with the baby and julia Sawalha's character teresa she's like oh didn't you ever want to be a mime i did so then he asks her if she wants a hot dog from a vendor and she's like cool and i'll take one and so he goes and then she goes to sit with the baby and the baby's very cute it's a little boy and um he's got a cute little like penguin cap on and his little hands, and she's just looking at him and then you see the mimes in the background practicing juggling. And then the mimes start talking. And that's also a sign because they don't normally talk. And this wasn't just like sound effects. This is them arguing. Like mm, they're, arguing. Each other, they're arguing. Because like one of the mimes is maybe stealing the routine of the other mime. And so they get in an argument and it starts to look like the guy is going to hit her. So then. To- well, she pushes him. Yeah, she pushes so, him. And that was
1: another thing. They don't usually touch that I've never seen. So. Yeah. Really and so. then he comes back. He's like,
0: a box inside a box inside a box truck is mine. Yeah. She's like, okay. So then they get like in this over, this dramatic fight. And when really he doesn't even hit her, but it's kind of like, it looks like it. So right away, Teresa runs over. And even the, when I first watched this, I was like, why you leave her stroller? why the baby? Just left that stroller right behind a bush, a giant right. bush. And walk away where you can't see the baby. Yeah. She's like, I'll call the police if you don't stop hitting her. And they run off. So she comes back around and the baby is gone. The stroller, all of it. And then you can hear it crying. And some guy in a creepy mask, it's like clear, kind of like the, um... Like an iridescent green, though. Yeah, but it also kind of reminds me of, like, the Purge movies, or the ones where they're, like, these weird, like, plasticky suction things that make your face look kind of weird. They have a really stock footage-y sound of babies crying, and I don't know if anyone would realize it, but I recognize that baby cry It's the same cry they use. When we used to watch the show Arthur, remember me and Kevin would watch Arthur? when baby Kate was born, there was this cry she always did. And it was that same. Really? Yeah.
1: It's a stock know, baby I cry
0: that you always hear. Danny Danny. Stop! No! My baby! Stop him! Stop him! Stop 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 My baby! And then at some point, I mean, you can tell when the baby becomes a doll. She's chasing after for the baby. She's crying. She's beside herself. And then Steve Coogan's character is like, I got it. And he's like kind of half-heartedly running. The guy loses Steve Coogan on the stairs. Um, he grabs the baby. Yeah, he takes the baby out of the tram. <sighs> yeah. He takes off the baby, and then that's when he... He falls, but it, like, it looks kind of lackluster. Yeah. And then he falls, and the guy runs off into the woods with the baby. And then that's when, you know, no one's around. And so Danny, Steve Coogan's character, starts laughing. And he's like, oh, it went exactly to plan. And you're like, oh, no, he arranged for this baby to be stolen. Yeah, which I thought that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're smart. So now they're back at home, and they're talking to a cop, and she's just crying. Teresa is, and Danny's comforting her, and he's like, it's okay. You know, we both tried really hard to get the baby. Oh, my God. And the cop's like, to be honest with you, it's unlikely we will find your baby. So they go in the kitchen, uh, Danny and the cop. The cop's like, I have kids. If anyone ever did anything to them, I would kill them. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, totally. And then the cop gives Danny some sleeping pills to give Teresa, which I find very unlikely. He's not a doctor. You don't know what these pills are going to do. But I guess he's just hoping she'll get a good night's sleep. And then This is a real awkward scene. So the cop leaves, and then Danny comes back in, and there's like a sofa bed that Teresa's sleeping on.
1: He gives her the pills.
0: Yeah, he gives her the pills, and she takes them. And he's going to leave. And then for once, she's like, oh, will you lay with me? And he's like, yeah, I will. He's like, here's my chance. And then he's laying there and she's crying and he's holding well, her. Well, did she say lay or just stay with me? I guess she said. She said, will you just, will you stay with me? that I thought, not oh, just sit in the chair next to her. Yeah, that's true. He did like lay there and she didn't fight against it. She yeah, well, he did lay up against her, yeah. <laughs> he lays down next to her and she's kind of like nestled under his arm. And he's just like, it's going to be Okay. You always have me. And then he starts saying creepy things like we can make our own baby Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And she's just crying because she doesn't even know. And I'm assuming the sleeping pills are kicking in. And then they're laying there and he starts telling her how much he loves her and trying to kiss her. And then he starts groping her breasts and basically assaulting her as she's getting sleepy from these sleepy pills. And so then she pushes him off and she's like, what are you doing? I don't want you. (laughs) She's just like, stop. Luckily he did. Yeah, because I don't know what would have happened if she would have, you know, eventually fallen asleep Mm -hmm. or what. So now he's like, crap, I need to get this baby back because now if I get it back, she'll think I'm a hero and then she'll love me. So he goes to the place that he sold the baby, but he goes in there, he's talking to some guy who's sitting at a desk with some baby toys, kind of scummy looking dude. And he's like, hey, I need the baby back. And he's like, your baby is gone. They paid Steve Coogan 2,000 pounds. So that's all. That's all, though. That seems like not a lot, even in 96. They gave him 2,000 pounds for this baby, and then he was like, here's your money back. And he's like, uh, no, we could get 10 times that much. So I guess they sold the baby for 20,000 pounds at least.
1: Teresa needed a hero. If I could return the baby to her, she'd have to love me. You what?! Get the fuck out of here. I want my baby back. You can't have him back. He's gone. What do you mean? You only picked him up the other day. Yeah, and he's already been placed, you monkey. Do you have any idea what a white newborn baby is worth? Yeah. Exactly what you paid me. (laughs) £2,000. <clears throat> ten times that idiot i know doctors and lawyers who queue up around a block for a placement like him that kid was signed sealed and delivered in under two hours well yeah he said yeah we only paid this from you you know actually it's kind of like the pawn situation mm-hmm.
0: he paid them under what he was gonna
1: mm-hmm. okay i just got that yeah they gave him two thousand pounds and then they sold it
0: yeah, yeah. For twenty. So when you come back together, like now, now it's this because yeah, they're like it's gone, and we right, you know, we if you're going to get it back, it's at least ten times that amount. So he starts getting like kind of aggressive, like he's going to do something, and then that's when the the guy at the desk hits a little buzzer. Well, yeah, because did he threaten to kill him? Uh, I think he was maybe going to go to the cops. That's what he said. Yeah, because he's, he's threatening like,
1: to go to the cops,
0: and yeah, and they're like, and, cute. and so there's like a little button I think under the guy's desk, mm-hmm. and so he hits that, and then this big guy who I guess is the guy who stole the baby. I don't know, kind of ran a little differently. This guy looks like a bouncer. Yeah. He has like an actual weight belt on with his outfit and he comes in and he's like, hey, what's going on? And he punches Steve Coogan in the nose and I guess breaks it or something. But that's why in the first scene, right. Steve Coogan has the bandaid on his nose. Yeah, we didn't mention that in the beginning. He has a aid yeah. on his nose with a bruise underneath it. Which is kind of cool. I like that. It's like, you know, you can kind of go back and forth. It makes mm-hmm. it easier to follow. Mm-hmm. So the guy punches him, he falls back out of the chair and he's like, stay away from us and we don't want, you know, take your money and get out of here. There's nothing more we can do for you. And so he leaves. So now when he's coming home to the apartment with the money, he can hear Teresa in there and she's singing to something like a baby, you know, and she sounds really happy. And he's like, oh, okay," You know, like he kind of thinks maybe somehow the baby came back. And then this like this kind of I thought was kind of tragic, at least the first time I saw it. Just because she turns over and she's like, oh, I found my baby in the trash. <laughs> and it's just an old baby doll. Like a girl baby doll, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't even know how she, I didn't even know she went out of the house. I mean, I guess she did. She was so distraught. And it's just like in a little diaper and its hair is all nasty and it's all gross. Its face is all dented. it's a girl. She called, yeah. I found
1: my boy. And yeah. it's a girl
0: doll. Yeah. And she's like singing to it and like, Shh, I'm trying to put it so to you sleep. you know she's
1: losing her mind.
0: And it's only been a couple days. Like she really, Okay, well, she lost
1: her mind, I mean, wouldn't you, from the very beginning,
0: so that's one reason I kind of want you on this, though, because like, oh you're a mom. That's exactly what you do, what she did. Yeah. Yeah, she thinks this baby is her own.
1: So I mean, I can't imagine going to that, to that point, Yeah, but I can imagine where you wouldn't be able to function and get out of bed or do anything.
0: Yeah. So now it cuts back to the opening scene at the park where he's got that, that lady's baby, and he's thinking about what has all happened. And he looks back at the mom. And he decides to run with this baby. Because he's like, if I just steal this baby, he's like, all babies look the same. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure the mom would know, you know, had that been the wrong baby. Um, Well, especially her baby. Yeah. First thing you do is check the birthmark. Yes, the birthmark. He was not thinking about that. And he's like, yeah, I'll just take this baby. So he takes off running. And this poor woman starts screaming. She's like, my baby, you know. And so a lot of people in the park start running after him. He's running. He, like, trips over some guys playing chess. He turns the corner of this like, tree he's hiding behind, and that same bodyguard guy comes out and hits him again in the nose, which now it's got to definitely be broken. And he falls to the ground holding the baby. Somehow only... I still managed to hold the baby. And the baby's not crying, I don't no. think at all. Uh, <laughs> I
1: think it started too much. Maybe, maybe now they fell, the but...
0: yeah. The bodyguard's like, I had a feeling you were still gonna... we had a feeling you were still going to be trouble, so they've been like trailing him, I guess. So he, he scoots under a picnic table, and a bunch of nearby people and the bodyguard pick it up. And they pull him out, and they take the baby away. The bodyguard guy takes the baby away. And the funny thing about this is also, is as soon as he takes the baby away, like, four other people start kicking and punching at Danny. And they're just like, you piece of crap. You know, just, like, punching at him. Well, yeah, and they finish all his blood. Like, you can just tell that they're yeah. brutally. <laughs> they're just beating him up. I'm assuming they killed him. No, I don't think they killed him. No? No. No, because he's still, he's still, I mean, he's probably got broken ribs. But I don't think they killed him. Yeah that shape so they're punching him and he is standing up now because these guys are holding him and punch him in the stomach and stuff he leans forward like reaches forward and goes to grab one more time oh with that's right he did yeah. do that okay sorry he goes to grab one more time with this baby which i don't know what he's planning on doing taking it again and running no i think he just wanted to see do you think he knew i think maybe he was hoping. maybe at this point wonder. he wondered because of the bodyguard Danny leans forward, and when he grabs at the baby, he pulls its pants down past its diaper, and you can see the birthmark. So it turns out that was Teresa's baby all mm-hmm. along. It has that same birthmark. So lo and behold, like, it seems too much of a coincidence, but it's kind of a fun little twist. Hold it was there. heartbreaking,
1: actually, the whole thing was. I know. Was like, yeah.
0: She would have never met this guy, you know. I mean, yeah. it was all because of him. So it's like this lady had just that week bought this baby, and yeah. had to it to the park. So, yeah, so it's sad in the sense that, like, now this woman, like, you can't take it from her because that's her baby. Not just that she paid for it. She thinks she got it from, like, a legit place and adopted this baby. Oh, no, you can every bit take her back to the real mom. But you'd have to do, like, a bunch of DNA stuff, I guess, to... Oh, no, you don't. How would they know? Just because of the birthmark? Yes,
1: definitely that. But Maybe. he's screaming but nobody's listening to him because they're still just beating him up because everybody <clears throat> at the park thought he just stole the baby.
0: Yeah, because I think he's, like, my baby. They don't know
1: her. that that baby was sold to her.
0: So now it's like there's really no chance that Teresa will get her baby back, probably I because think she, I think she's uh, she'll go insane. If anything, her. the the real victim here I mean the baby can probably be okay, but the real victim here is Teresa because yeah. she was already the dad of the baby was mean to her, and then she finds this guy, and this one's good because it has a fun twist. Yeah, at first though, you think he's going to be
1: a really neat yeah. guy with her, and then you realize no, he's he's psychotic.
0: Well, and it's like this one has a really neat twist, but it's also kind of a tragic one. So I mean, it's fun. That is quite a distinct. yeah people can get
1: them on their faces i want to call it a my my friend has one it's um i know exactly what it's called but i can't think of the name hang on i gonna not know
0: that it has to do with blood, so it's hema something for hematoma type thing hematoma my one friend's kid has one on her head and they just call it like an angel's kiss or something but there's like another name well
1: kevin had that he had a strawberry on the back of his but when it covers the face when it or or body parts like that hemangioma that's it hemangioma (laughs) i told you it was something (laughs) hemangioma Hemangio- hemangiona? That's Hemangio- Hemangioma. That's it. Hemangioma. Oma. That's it. Yeah. That's what he has that's on his back. Has, and yeah. It's really kind of
0: like at the lower end of his spine down through his top at of top his butt. His butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the end of the episode for Teresa's without her baby. Oh, actually, maybe they do kill him. Is so that supposed to be blood? Yeah, they're throwing all kinds of blood in the screen there. That's what oh. I said. And I think they do kill him at the end. Okay, yeah. So at the end, like, you just see him fall back on the ground. Mm-hmm. And we'll then blood, the like, splash over the screen. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. creepy. Because he said that. He don't say nothing, does he? No, it just shows, yeah. Just mm-hmm. them kicking at him. Okay, so maybe they, dang, maybe they do kill him. And then, so what? So then Teresa's just going to be crazy. and she's going to be herself. herself. <laughs> she's going to, she's going to be in mental institution. And the baby's going to be with that lady. Back at the Crypt Keeper, he is still playing tennis. And they're really doing some zooming in on his face on this one, and his little eyebrows are really moving a lot. They did a lot of fun puppet work on this one. Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... Poor Daniel.
1: I bet he never thought he'd get such a kick from falling in love. At least in the end, he did the writhe thing.
0: (laughs) So there is a small little bit of IMDb trivia, which I confused it with another episode. But The Kidnapper, according to IMDb, The Kidnapper is the lowest rated episode of the entire series, which I find kind of unlikely. Only, I mean, maybe because it's not very supernatural and a lot of Tales from the Crypt are. Oh, and I kind of liked that it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's also like, it's always someone getting the comeuppance. And actually the bad guys kind of won in this one, in a way. You know, like Fort Teresa kind of just got screwed. So I could see that too. But this has a 5.2 out of 10, which is the lowest, uh, which honestly, that's not bad. If you have 93 episodes and the lowest is only a 5, 5.2, i say that's pretty good. I was confused. I thought it was the, the next episode after this, which is Report from the Grave, because I've already watched it, and I would agree that that's probably one of the worst ones, which I will get into in the next episode. So this one is 5.2, and then I believe the next two up are... That are at 5.3 is Whirlpool, which is one me and Mike already did a couple seasons ago, which um, had a comedian Rita Rutner in it. And then the next one, um, season seven, episode nine, Smoke Rings. The next two ones after this, I'm not super pumped for because I already know Report from the Graves not that great, and then Smoke Rings is fairly bad too. So well, you might <laughs> like it. You like this one better? Yeah, I think the more I watch it, too, or think about certain ones, they kind of grow on me. Uh, Again, this was Season 7, Episode 7, The Kidnapper. The next episode, like I said, is Season 7, Episode 8, Report from the Grave. Mom, thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you for having me again. Did you have fun? Okay, we're going to go watch a movie. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at GEC Podcast or at G E K Podcast. You can also follow me on Facebook. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. You can also go to Apple Podcasts or I think Podcast Republic and Good Pods and leave a five-star review and I will read it on the podcast. You can also check out Gus the Podcat on Instagram at a sweet cat named Gus. And I guess that's it. So thanks for listening. Mom, say bye. 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 I just had quite a scare. I actually thought
1: my heart was.